Welcome to the Dividend Cafe weekly market commentary focused on dividends in your portfolio and dividends in your understanding of economic life. Hello and welcome to today's COVID and Markets podcast brought to you by the Dividend Cafe. This is David Bonson, Chief Investment Officer over here at the Bonson Group. And we have closed out Thursday with a 185-point rally in the Dow. Um, it was kind of grinding throughout the day. And then in the last two hours of trading, got a bid to the upside. Uh, it was actually led by technology. So you did have NASDAQ and S&P even doing a little bit better. Uh, so uh, pretty strong week there overall in terms of market indices, although tomorrow, Friday, uh, is going to be an interesting day because you have jobs data that will come uh, for the month of July. The BLS report will come uh, tomorrow morning at 5.30 a.m. Pacific time and has the potential to be a job, uh, excuse me, a market mover. Today, the market was pointing down in the futures about 100 points. And then as the initial jobless claims came, the market reversed to the upside. And and that was a result of the weekly initial jobless claims number being 1.18 million. And it was 1.42 million expected. So 300 to 350,000 better than expected. Nevertheless, still an over 1 million print, which is just very high. Now, the continuing job claims dropped another, I think it was 800,000. So it was pretty uh, a pretty good day for the jobs data, but um, let's see what the BLS number comes in tomorrow and what market impact that has. I mean, at this point, everything seems priced so well that you could get some good news and not necessarily see a market response. I think most likely the next catalyst for markets is something either breaking apart officially or getting done officially on the stimulus side. Quickly on the COVID health today, new cases were down 25% week over week. Uh, There continues to be all the heavy talk around um, whether or not testing levels are dropping. Now, testing was up 50,000 today. And it's very frustrating for me to not be able to tell you if some of the increase in testing in particular states, as well as nationwide, is a catch-up of numbers that we're missing in prior days or just that we've, you know, re-accelerated some of the testing levels. But today, the positivity rate was 7.3%. So, um, 7.37%. So, uh, you know, you, you really do have pretty good data, even when it ends up getting caught up uh, from some of the lags that existed, it, it overall is, is pretty positive. One thing I did at COVIDmarkets.com today, because I've been so focused on the fact states, Florida, Arizona, California, Texas all summer. And, you know, Clark County, Nevada, where uh, Las Vegas is located, had quite a little outbreak themselves. And obviously most of that was blamed on on congregational activities and so forth. But there was a, a reader of this missive who um, sent to me, a chart, and I went directly to the Nevada, uh, it's actually the Southern Nevada Health District COVID-19 website, and you just cannot believe the drop in cases since the beginning, middle part of July, to where they are in Clark County. And so beyond the news that I'm kind of getting bored of of telling you every day about Arizona looking so much better, you know, um, the Florida looking better but not as better as Arizona, California looking better but not as better as, as Florida, and then Texas looking better but not as better as California. So I think I just said all that right, and hopefully you see what I did there. But my point is, every, you know, some of these 
uh, bigger outbreak states are kind of lagging one another, but all trajectories point the same way. There's other states, though, too, that had issues, and they're going in the right direction, and in Nevada's case, uh, substantially so. So I don't know if less people getting tested has to do with people seeing media reports about long lines and about delayed results, and so they're not going and getting tested. It's hard to me, hard for me to believe that someone is real symptomatic is saying, oh, I, don't, I, I think it's all going to be a pain. I'm not going to go. But there could be people doing that. Um, the weather is so limited in where its impact is. And it has now large, there's still power outages and, and a lot of damage done up in the Northeast. But I'm not reading of areas in Florida where people are unable to go get tests and whatnot. Testing is down 20%, although cases are down more than that. So we're headed in the right direction. But I just think we all need a little bit more time to understand exactly where some of those glitches are and so forth. So uh, the charts today, again, all kind of indicating positivity rates. Um, headed the right direction, still kind of high in a couple states, um, Mississippi being one of them. Uh, but, you know, definitely the drop in cases is real. Uh, deaths are headed, mortalities uh, on an absolute basis are headed in the right direction, starting to drop nationwide. And then hospitalizations uh, either flat in some states or dropping, um, all good. Florida today, 7,600 new cases. So, uh, that downward tick, even with some of the adjustments of the last few days, seems legitimate. Um, I don't think they've actually gotten down to a 5,000 run rate daily, but they um, seem to be well off of that 10, 12, 15,000 rate they were at a couple weeks ago. Arizona, the hospitalizations, the inpatient level, it just looks like a mountain chart now where there was a big climb up and a big climb down. And they're practically, I mean, they're really getting close to down to those early June levels again of inpatients. So the Arizona miracle continues. Um, Los Angeles County, the mayor is authorizing the shutting down of electricity and water at places where they think large groups may be forming. Uh, I won't comment further on that. And then at Orange County, uh, first time today that their positivity rate is showing um, at or below the 8% threshold. Uh, they're well above the ICU threshold. They're well above the ventilator threshold. They're uh, in a negative compounding of their daily hospitalizations. And even their case rate per 1,000 is 40% of what it was two weeks ago. So my son is looking forward to going to high school. Uh, and then Texas is, as I mentioned, the one that seems to be the slowest. It, it, it's most stubborn in its decline in cases. There are reporting lags. You know, Texas is a very large state, and there are issues on their um, uh, compiling of data that I think uh, are frustrating, but nevertheless understandable given some of the logistics. But either way, Texas is definitely headed in the right direction and definitely going slower than I would like it to. Um, the dollar weakness continues. I think that uh, from a market standpoint, with all conversation around what big tech's doing, what the big market indices are doing, and then my focus on the breadth of market health and the average stock in the market versus the market itself, that still being the biggest story, but the dollar weakness, I think, is the second. And we'll likely be very involved to some of the leadership changes that we expect in the months to come. No news to report on the um, White House and and uh, House Democrat conversations. 
the White House is said to be ramping up their um, you know, ability to go forward with an executive order subject to kind of confirming certain legal authorities and protocols on forbearance of student loans, putting a moratorium on evictions, or rather extending the moratorium that already exists, and then extending unemployment insurance in some form or another. If they end up determining they have the ability to do that and the will to do that, I think it really does actually shift the leverage a bit um, because if they can redirect some of the thus far unused funds from the CARES Act, there's over a trillion dollars that's sitting there that has not yet been spent. And if they have the legal ability to kind of redirect some of those funds from within CARES Act, then that really does change their uh, leverage in terms of this ongoing apparent stalemate with the House Democrats. So we will see what happens there. I still am predicting that a final bill will happen and it will end up being around two and a half billion, that it will meet the Democrats' demands on extended unemployment, uh, that there probably will not end up being the payroll tax cut, and that PPP will get a substantial ramp up as well as improvements and enhancements. The issue I just don't know about is will the Democrats give in to the Republicans' demand for liability protection? I certainly hope so. And will the Republicans give in Democrats' demand for state support? It just seems impossible to me that they won't end up giving in because I think the Democrats are very unlikely to give in on that point, uh, regardless of what one thinks about it on the merits. WTI crude, you saw the highest level since that fateful night, March 6th, a night I will never forget the rest of my life, uh, where Saudi and Russia kind of went forward with their little uh, OPEC plus supply war. Um, you have WTI crude uh, at uh, $43 range, natural gas I talked about yesterday hitting its new high. And I put a chart up at COVID and markets to really illustrate the point of how inversely correlated the price of oil is to its supply level to the inventory or what we call crude stock and how those stocks have been coming down and prices have been going higher and you just get a kind of organic economics around the supply and demand um, uh, crux. The Main Street lending program from the Federal Reserve is starting to get panned as ineffective as, as a failure. It is not drawing a lot of attention Others are saying the fact that it isn't getting tapped a lot is an example of its success because it means other programs have worked and companies are not in as big of need. My thought is that the companies that are in most in need of it, the hotels, the retailers, the retailers, the energy companies, are the ones that just from an underwriting standpoint are not able uh, to have eligibility just around their leverage ratios and so forth. And so I, I don't know at this point whether or not um, there is an ability to draw people in if the banks are not prone to want to lend to them. Um, it's a catch-22 because the companies that can get the Main Street lending facility probably don't need it. And the companies that need it probably can't get it. And so we'll see how those things get played out. In the weeks ahead, I'm not going to draw a conclusion yet, but I'm watching it literally every day. A lot of data around the Main Street lending program from the Fed. I do have a little section in COVIDmarkets.com elaborating further on some differences in Federal Reserve policy after the financial crisis and where we are now in, in the COVID pandemic and what some of the differences were. There's a big uh, cry right now for the Fed to look at this moment as a chance to 
ramp up regulation on what we call non-bank actors, whether it be hedge funds, money market funds, you know, non-bank lenders like mortgage servicers. And I think that there's various arguments out there that don't really fit the parallel to 2008 and some of the um, systemic pressures that existed with our big commercial and investment banks. But rather than me get into that on the podcast, uh, please check that out at covidmarkets.com. So again, July jobs numbers tomorrow morning, bright and early, Capitol Hill. I'm sure we're going into the weekend with that drama. Fasten your seatbelt. And thank you for listening to COVID and Markets. The Bonson Group is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free risk. There is no guarantee that the investment process or investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. The Bonser Group and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the Bonson Group and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to any entity as tax advice or tax information. Tax laws vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor for any related questions.